0: Welcome to the podcast of Revival Fires. This message by Sharon Baker is called The Roar of the Lord. We are excited to invite you to our upcoming Prophetic Seers Gathering with guest speakers Jane Hammond, Phil Whitehead and Trevor Baker from the 16th to the 18th of November. Please visit our website for registration. There is no charge. Offerings will be taken. www.revivalfires.org.uk just so grateful church that our God is here with us. I don't know about you but I know that God is on my case at the moment. I mean just this week um, Trevor's asked me to share the message that uh, I shared at the Gates of Glory conference and that's, that's so present with me at the moment. And uh, I'm just passionate about sharing that with you. But I just have to tell you, this week, even in my prayer time, um, there's a chair that I sit in at home. And sometimes I sit around the kitchen table. And sometimes I sit in my, my office upstairs. And every time I've sat to pray, the Lord said, stand up. I've got something to tell you, I, I just want you to stand up, sitting down isn't going to do it anymore and sometimes I've just been doing, you know that, that head prayer, that thing that you don't open your mouth, It just it's just all thought, that head prayer, that sort of communication and he's been saying I want you to open your mouth, I don't want you to just communicate with thought with me, I want you to open your mouth, I want you to, open your eyes. I want you to lift up your head. And he's been saying, I don't just want to hear the whisper anymore. I want to hear the shout. And that's what I want to encourage you with church today. This is a change time. God is changing and transforming me he's changing and transforming you he's changing and transforming what the church is looking at like and he's taking you from what the old looked like into what the new looks like this is not a coincidence that today something old disappears an old one pound coin the currency that we have known for what is it 20 years I I can't remember something like that and to pardon 36 36 years 36 years we've been spending this we've been putting it in car park machines. We've been putting it in supermarket trolleys. We've been giving it to our grandchildren. We've been trying to find it out so that is there just another pound I need um, for when I've got to give the children their pocket money. This is what... This is the currency we've been using for... 26, did you say? 46... 36. 36. This is the currency we've been using for a long time. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, accountant. 36 has it. Okay. Well, whatever it is, it's a very long time. And today the Lord says, what worked for you before isn't going to work anymore. Now I know Sheila can take this. All right. So she can bank it. It's not going to work for you anymore. What you had in the last season, for that length of time that you got so used to it, you didn't notice it, you didn't look at it, you didn't have to work up for it, you didn't have to get into a sweat for it, you didn't have to um, think, what does this look like? How can I recognize it? It was was our common currency. And I just believe the Lord is saying, I am introducing something new into your hand today. It's going to look different. You're going to say, But we felt like we were going around in a circle until now. And now you're sending us 12 ways, God. This has got 12 sides. The Lord is saying, what worked in the last season in your hand is different now. I'm taking it away. I'm demolishing old structures and I'm building a new construction. I'm taking away what you could depend on, what you didn't have to think twice about, and I'm making you dependent on me for the new. Just give him, give him applause right now. Just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What what no longer works, we have to let go of. You know, the, the building over the road is being demolished. And the Lord wants you to know that he is taking away the old structures. He's taking away even old purposes from your life because he's giving you brand new ways, brand new blueprints, bl- brand new architect plans. He's, he's giving you a new way to go about things. He's saying, you can't depend on the old. I want you to step into the new. I've been telling you, the Lord's been saying to me, it's no good just sitting. You've got to stand. It's no good just whispering. You've got to shout. The Lord's been having me roar Okay? That's roar, like a lion. Raw, like a lion. And I know you're shocked because you've, you know, something's happened to me. <laughs> but to roar, you need to practice. I'm just going to give you a practice. Stand to your feet, will you, with me. Because the Lord today is taking us in a changeover, a crossing over, a transition point from something old into something new in this new year, this glory year, this gate year. We're going to cross a transition. And listen, there are many things, we'll be looking at it in a few minutes. There are many things that will stand in your way at this gate as you come into this new season. And I have a way of talking to the gate. I have a way of talking to the enemies at the gate. I have a way of getting myself through because the Spirit of God has been rising up in me and he's been giving me a roar. No longer a whisper, no longer just a a quiet little voice, but he's been putting the lion inside of me and church, he's putting it inside of you. So we are going to roar after three. We're going to roar. I know it'll take a few times, but I'm gonna help you with this. I have cough sweets at the end if you need them, but do it, church. Okay, after three, we're gonna roar. One, two, three. Good try. Okay, can you see those enemies moving out the way? Can you see the old structures coming down? Can you see the fear going? Can you see the blueprints coming down? Come on, you ready for another go? One, two, three. Go on, put your hands together for God. He's such a good, he's such a good God. He is such a good God. You know, there's a sound, thanks, you can sit down if you want to. And you can roar with me later. (laughs) There is a sound of rumbling in the earth. There is a turning around. There is a shaking. There is a leaving of the old and embracing of the new, just like that building over the road. God's coming with a wrecking ball to our stinking thinking, to our mindsets, which are so confined and limited because we have lived in old currency. And he's saying, I'm moving you into brand new currency. And if you haven't got it already today, I'm going to help you step in it. The Holy Spirit is here and I can just see him. It's as if his hand is extended and he's taking your hand and he says, I'm taking you into the new today. Old structures are coming down. There's deconstruction. You know, in the building trade, there's not that much call for demolition. But today, there's a call for demolition, for old structures, old thoughts, old patterns, old habits in your life to come down, old emotions that aren't even godly emotions, fear, All a list of them, we'll get there in a moment, but listen, God is coming to do some replacement in your life today, to cross you over through the gate from the old into the new. There's a sound of God roaring over his people. In Isaiah, it talks about the Lord is is in Zion roaring over his people. The Lord is going round and he's roaring over his people. You see, as he roars, passivity is broken off. I'm going to be telling you some of my testimony, but passivity is broken off. The old is put to death, a new life bursts out. The Lord showed me about the meeting this morning and all over the weekend. There is latent power here. There is potential, there is promise in every life, in every heart, and it's as if at the moment it's just locked up, it's, in, it's tied up, and it's waiting for that roar of God over you to set you free and to come into the fulfillment of the promise of God in your life. Let me tell you how, before we get onto the beautiful gate, which is where I'm going this morning in Acts chapter 3, and crossing over into this beautiful gate, let me tell you something of my story, my testimony from this year. You know, of course you know, it's been a really horrible year for us as a family. And um, I suppose I didn't realize how horrible it all was until I started hearing myself say things which were becoming more negative, depressive, maybe fear-based. I was limiting myself, restricting myself. And it wasn't until I heard myself reflected back in a church here that I realized how what a difficult year I'd gone through. Now, I've got Richard Bramble to blame for this, Liz. Oh, there he is. He's at the back. Okay, so we'd just been... um, You know that my mum passed away in February. Trevor's dad passed away in March. And then Trevor had serious health challenges in June. And I just thought I was losing everything. I hadn't been really through loss that was... This difficult at all. My dad died 30 odd years ago, um, just before I we had Ellie, uh, 31 years ago, and um, and I was away from home, so I wasn't. I was only seeing him every few months, seeing them both every few months, and it it didn't have a huge huge effect on me at the time, but this year it's like I've been more than dragged through a hedge backwards. It's like I've gone through the mangle. And I'm thinking, Lord, I have I have no idea what is going on with me. But listen, your words tell you what's going on in your heart. That's why conversation is so important. So we just come back from um Italy or France or somewhere, and I was having a chat with Rich one one day in church, and he said, So how are you doing? How was the trip? And and I said, Oh, it was it was a great trip. I said, Trev spoke every night, and um, I was his travelling companion. And he looked at me, and he said, you were his travelling companion. And I thought, you know, that's how I viewed myself. As somebody that, well, I'll p- help pack the case. Well, I don't pack the case, but I do iron the shirts. So, um, you know, I'll help, uh, and i wash the shirts. So, um <laughs> But I don't iron the posh trousers because he does the crease, all right? Iron the jeans. So, okay, I, I'm his travelling companion. It, it's not—it's no fun to travel on your own. It's Once you've been in one airport, I mean, it's great, but they're all pretty much the same. It's, and you want somebody to be there the other side. And anyway, I do all the paperwork and buy the tickets and all those sort of things. So I was his, yes, Rich, I was his travelling companion. And as soon as the words came out of my mouth, and he said to me, i don't think he even said is that how you see yourself but that's what i heard he's too polite to say that he's but that's what i heard and i thought lord what on earth is happening to me and then i i started to take stock of of where i i was and and i felt lord it just feels like everything is uh, i'm losing everything and i'm sure this is all part of grief I don't know how many stages there are, but there's probably about 300 million, you know. I, I, I don't know what I was going through, but I started to take stock. Anna and Ryan moved all in the middle of, of this, and I felt like that was a loss. Can you believe it? You know, they weren't around the corner. They were just 10 minutes in the car away. I mean, some people have their children live the other side of the world, but it, it was just like a loss to me. And then Ellie and Nat plucked up the courage to say to us you know we've we've been with you all this time but we just feel our heart is to be back with tim hughes where, where ellie had done her soul time and uh, would you release us to go to the to be at the gas street church at the moment and it's like oh we just want you with us but hey you're in church we you love god you know okay but there was this loss and then and then i thought i was i thought trevor's gonna die of course, you know, all these thoughts go through your mind. And, and then I'm thinking, well, what, what's the point of, uh, you know, what am I doing? And like I was saying the the other week, Anna, my daughter preaches loads more often than I do. I've virtually given over the worship to Ryan and he goes and does a better job at it, you know. And, and then he plays the keyboard this morning. What's wrong with that? Uh, all of these things, all of these things going on. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, then, I, I've got to come through this. So Trev puts me down to speak about two months ago. I can't, can't remember where it was. And uh, and I just said to him on a Saturday night, oh, I know you've still got this burning theme. Why don't you just go for it on the Sunday? Because I, I hadn't got anything that was really coming together and so on the Sunday morning, he says, well, I'm here because Sharon hadn't got anything last night. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, excuse me. No, I hadn't got anything, but you didn't need to tell everybody. You know, it's, and I'm thinking, now everybody knows there's something going on. And, and she's in hiding, either behind papers or keyboard or hiding somewhere hiding behind this mask and anyway I have to tell you I've just thrown myself on the Lord I've just leaned on him like never before I've just taken time listen this isn't cheesy this isn't words this isn't just to please the hearers but you have to know I've, I mean, I love the word. I absolutely love the word. And, and yet I've had a new passion for the word. It's like it's like everything is in a bigger font on the page. And it's all in bold and underlined and it's jumping out at me and the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. And then this week he says, don't sit down and pray, stand up and pray. And then the other week he says, I want you to start roaring. Listen, God can do a work in your life, however stuck you have been, however however insignificant you feel, whether you feel you're just an addition or an addendum, or even on the days when you feel, what am I here for? Everybody else can do it better. Listen, I have to tell you, if you've had a low place, even if it's this year, even if it's today, I have to tell you, God can reach out his hand, just like I said, just now he can reach his hand out that powerful holy spirit of his and he can lift you out of the grave he can lift you out of anxiety he can lift you out of depression even thoughts that it's not worth you being here anymore because everybody else could manage without you and I'm telling you those thoughts are from the devil right now and we are just going to stamp on those because we're not going to have any more to do with them. Roll! So thanks, Richard. I don't know where he's gone. You know, when Peter and John... After the day of Pentecost, we're going up to the temple, just doing what they normally did. Three o'clock in the afternoon... We were saying in the leaders' meeting yesterday, is 6 a.m. a good time to pray? And I was saying, 6 p.m. would be a better time to pray. And somebody says, there's never the right time to pray. Well, it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, all of you are going to say, I can't do 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I just, you know, that means I don't have to come to prayer. Hey, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. Surely you can pray at home, even if you can't get here. Because I'll be getting here. And listen, I don't even really like mornings. So that's just another secret. So listen, at Peter and John at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, just get to the watch, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, their watch, they're doing what they always do. And I just want to encourage you. You might be thinking, I've been to church three weeks this month already. I'm going to take next week off. I'm going to have a lie-in. Listen, Jesus went to the synagogue all the time. If anybody didn't need to... I presume it would have been him. But here's Peter Peter and John. They're not taking a day off. They're not taking a week off. Let me encourage you, church. It's always such a blessing to see you here. Not because I'm counting how many bums are on pews, but literally because I know this is a place where you will be built up, where you will be encouraged, where you will be able to, you know, on those weeks we break bread, you'll have fellowship, you'll be able to pray for one another, you'll be built up in the word. Never give up going to the place of worship, coming to the place where his presence is. So at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, here we are in Acts 3, they're going, they're doing what they always do. Peter and John go into the time of prayer, and here they are in front of the beautiful gate. Now, I don't know which route they took whenever they were going to the temple. I don't know which way you come when you come to church. Maybe you come a different way. But today, I'm taking you with me through the beautiful gate because this is the place where Peter and John were aiming for and there was a distraction on the way. Did you hear what Trevor prophesied about the kaleidoscope? And the telescope, there was a distraction. it's like they were aiming for the temple, and there was a distraction and God caused the distraction to become their focus. there's some of you here, and you're thinking to yourself i don't know i'm I'm feeling distracted i'm I'm feeling like the Lord's leading me in one way, and I was so sure I was in another." God is going to get you to your destination, but he's going to make the distraction your focus. And this is what happened to Peter and John as they were at approaching the beautiful gate. It says, there was a man who was lame from birth. He was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. I just want you to put yourself in this picture. Here we are with Peter and John doing what they do. And how many times before... Had they seen this lame man who was put down at the gate and he was extending his hand, as it were, for something? How many times had they seen him? How many times had Jesus seen him? But today was a special day. Today was a day of changeover. This day was a change of crossing over from lame to walking. It was a a day of crossing over from sitting to dancing. It was a day of crossing over from having sickness to having health. And Peter and John look at the man and immediately, as I said, the distraction becomes a focus god is taking our focus i just want you to think for a minute about this they were facing going through the beautiful gate and at this place they had to face reality you see they couldn't just carry on with their normal life and as i mentioned to you i just didn't know how i was carrying on with my normal life until somebody just had the courage to say to me, you know, were you, you were just a travelling companion. That surprises me. You might have been saying to yourself, I'm just something. I'm just a wife, just a mum. I'm just a husband. I'm just a, an office worker. I'm just retired. I'm just unemployed. Something that you are, something that you, that's become what you are because it's what you do. And the Lord wants you to know today he has got his eyes upon you. He is focused upon you. He wants you to face reality as you approach this transition, this beautiful gate. You see, Peter and John, when they were asked for something, the reality check that they had was, I don't have what you're asking me. Just like I said to Richard, well, or in my heart, I, I was saying it when I was with Richard. Well, I wasn't speaking anymore. They don't ask me to lead worship anymore in, in uh, Italy or wherever it was. You know, it's like I just felt like life was over emotionally. I was still praying. I still looked like I loved God. And goodness me, I did. But God had to break through. He had to take me over the gate. He had to cause me to face reality. He had to help me see... What I'm being asked, I don't have. What I've had up till now isn't enough. You think of Peter and John, it's like, give me some money. And the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, I haven't got what you need. That's just how I felt. I felt, Lord, I'm a church leader. I'm Trev's Trev's wife. I just haven't got what I feel it takes. I haven't got what it it takes i haven't got what it what's needed right now i just i just feel like i've resigned life and peter and john knew what they hadn't got but they knew what they had got you see you might be facing this gate facing a transition point in your life facing a change over a crossing over in your life coming into a new season and the first thing that hits you is what you haven't got and they said well I haven't got enough money I haven't got money and um, I was just thinking no Judas went and betrayed Jesus and all 12 of them and probably run off with all the money and it wasn't until they had 3,000 people saved that they were just giving away to the poor and and just blessing everybody and yet they would got no silver and gold and you might think to yourself well I just have not got what it takes to face this new season, to get through this gate. The human ability, the, even the, the human reasoning, the solutions, I just haven't got it. I haven't got the finances to get me through into what God's promised for me. I, I can't cross over. I'm so limited. I haven't got the natural resources. I haven't got the emotional resilience. I'm just, I'm just too weak to cross over into the promise, to cross over into the new. I'm just an addition. Nobody notices me. Nobody, nobody would, would think I'm in a mess, but, hey, I cannot move forward. I'm stuck. What you had in your pocket until today will not advance you into the future. And the Lord just wants you to know that what you've had until now isn't enough. That's why he wants you to be honest, face the facts, face reality and say, Lord, hand on heart, where I've been, what I've got, where I am is not enough for me to fulfill the promise. You have to take me from being somebody who was passive. You don't need lessons in passivity, but if you did, you could have asked me. You know, just leave it to everybody else no, leave it. Leave it to other people to do this. Just smile and make it look as if you're doing fine. Listen, I'm, I know I'm making a big thing of this, but. I just want to tell you if there is any passive bone in your body, I just want to bring you today into changing, leaving behind that passivity, putting it to death, just like the old money, putting it to death and moving into a place of fresh passion and zeal for God. Only He can do it, but you have to let it go. It's no longer my identity to be passive. I am learning, I've I've put on and I'm learning a lifestyle of passion and zeal. And advancement and going for it, taking hold of opportunity when a door is open saying, well, I don't have what you need in this situation. I don't have the natural ability. I don't have the human reasoning. I may not even have the emotional stamina, but I know what I have. I know what I have in my hand, and I have the power of God. I've just walked with Jesus for three years, Peter and John could say. We've been through betrayal. We've been through loss. They knew it. Their best friend had gone. Their mentor, their master, their saviour, the one that taught them everything, the one that changed their lives, you know, these, these were rugged, rough Fishermen, and here they are. They've been on a walk with Jesus for three years. They've known the power of the Spirit. Peter, just a, uh, perhaps a few days ago, had preached a message. Three thousand people got saved, just like you had a crusade in Jerusalem. And yet he says, "I don't have what what you think I need. I know what I don't have. Do you know what you don't have?" You don't have it within you physically and naturally, even emotionally, to fulfill God's promise. But I know a God who spiritually, who supernaturally, who from a a kingdom perspective can fill you with all that you need. In order to pass through into the promised land. In order for you to get through the gate that's in front of you. In order for you to press through from passivity, which you'll leave behind, into a passionate lifestyle, running after God and pursuing him. Peter and John faced reality at the gate. And they faced the enemy at the gate, You know, Paul says in one Corinthians sixteen about about Ephesus. It says, "A great door for effective ministry is open wide to me, but there are many who oppose me." Now, I'm not saying that. uh, I, I am saying that sickness is an enemy, and when Peter and John were faced with the lame man. For them, he was the enemy at the gate. Not him. The sickness was the enemy at the gate straight from the pit of hell. Somebody that could never walk since they were born. Never had the joy of walking on the beach or running or skipping or riding a bike or anything like that. he's He's totally dependent. Can't make his own decisions. He's just totally dependent on somebody to carry him there every day. And his only hope was that somebody would give him money or food in order to get by. And you can imagine Peter and John, there approaching him and they're seeing what is this obstacle? What is this challenge? What is this enemy at the gate? And you can just imagine, you know, put yourself there. Well, I haven't... Uh, electric wheelchairs haven't been invented yet so that's not going to help him i haven't got enough money to put him into a place where he could get some some therapy and some some real help for his legs no we're not looking at natural answers and whatever is the challenge at your gate a natural solution is not the answer we need heavenly solutions God is pouring out supernatural resources. You see, I couldn't just pull myself up by my socks and say, okay, I'll be all right now. I can speak next week. I had to encounter, I had to face the enemies at my gate in order to come through. What were my enemies? Fear. Maybe like Peter and John, you know, I failed I'm weak. I've had, experienced betrayal. I've experienced loss. Things haven't gone the way I thought they would. Is anybody with me? Anybody identifying with this in their life? But Peter and John faced not only their lack and reality at the gate, but they faced the enemies. They faced the challenge at the gate. And they looked at the open door, the open gate, not as an obstacle, but as an opportunity. You see, when, if we were to put ourselves in the position of the lame man, and I I think for a time that's how I'd felt I was this year, I could say to myself, well, I'm doing what I've always done. I just come to church and sit outside like this lame man. You know, I just sit on the edge There might be some of you that, well, you think, I'm coming to church, you know, but I sit on the edge. I don't get very involved. And it's not really my problem. You know, I'm dependent on other people. I can't do much about it myself. I was born this way. I have to tell you, if there is a challenge in your life that prevents you advancing, you can tell yourself till you're blue in the face that you were born this way but there is a God in heaven who can change you. It might be that you say, well, physically I was born this way, or emotionally, or it's in my genes. You don't know the inferiority in my family. You don't know the shame and the guilt in my family. You don't know the anger and the rage. You don't know the abuse that's gone on in my family. No, I don't. But I know a God who can know you and know you and bring you out of your past. He can bring you out of generational sin and curses. And he can set you free to stand up on your feet again and to live a life which is worthwhile, which is fulfilling, which is full of passion and which pursues the promises of God. Listen, I could blame, and I went through a period where I just blamed Trevor, not necessarily to his face, but I just blamed Trevor for all my shortcomings. It's like, you told the church I'd got nothing to say. Couldn't you have hidden me? I said, well, what's the problem? It's true. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, it is true. But you see, if we don't deal with something we can just blame everybody else then we never have to deal with any problems good solution from the pulpit no it's not if we if we blame others for what's going on in our lives like like me if i say well you know it's it's He doesn't give me opportunity i mean that's a joke for a start cuz he's always given me opportunity always made room for me always included me even when no one else included me he's always included me but the stuff that goes on and I'm thinking oh it's it's I'm not free I'm, I'm restricted it's you know Trev said this and I'm thinking Sharon get real stop these these wrong these ungodly thoughts it's just deception it's just denial and let me encourage you, when you want to blame somebody else for your life, it's because you won't deal with it yourself. Listen, you can't, you can't change another soul. You cannot change anyone else. You can pray for them. You can ask God to change them. You can do all of that. But, and I'm talking to families now, and I'm talking to relationships. You cannot change. You did not get married to change your spouse you know, you, you you weren't born into a family to change your parents. You're there to be a light. You're there to be hope. You're there to be a blessing. And listen, God puts us in families so that they will deal with us. Accept the dealings of God in your life. Allow God's Spirit to just touch the parts that perhaps for all our life long We have said, it's somebody else. Somebody else to blame. It's not my problem. Listen, we've all got different life stories. But if we're prepared to say, the stuff that's going on in my heart, Lord, I want you to deal with, we will find that our worldview, the structure of our mind, the old structure will be demolished and God will be able to bring us into a new viewpoint, a heavenly viewpoint where he's dealing with us and it's as if the world changes. Darkness turns to light and night turns to day. Face the enemy at the gate. Peter um, could have thought to himself, oh, here's somebody that needs healing but I've got fear to overcome you know it wasn't very many weeks ago when I just cut somebody's ear off I mean what sort of healing ministry is that (laughs) Okay, it's not very funny but he's faced with a lame man and he's got all unless he dealt with it he had all his failures stacking up doesn't the enemy love to stack our failures up in our mind Say, are you really going to reach out into something supernatural? When look what you did a few weeks ago. You know, you turned around and denied me. You said, I don't want anything to do with that Jesus. So if I reach out now, is God going to be faithful? When I've just let him down so much. When I've, when I've given my, turned my back on him. When I've given up on him. Is he actually going to come through again? Am I going to look fake? What would it look like to the people here when I've been a bit like a church mouse for a very long time and I suddenly start roaring? Will they think I'm putting it on? Listen, God changes hearts. God forgives sin. He covers weakness. The key is to be honest face reality, ask him to forgive you, own up to what's happened in your life, your own failure, your own not meeting meeting the mark, your own giving up on life, even passivity. Lord, I've repented of just hiding under a cloak of passivity, which looked like shyness and, and being sweet and polite. And I'm throwing off that cloak of passivity and I'm running I'm roaring into a passionate life that's running after your purposes face the enemy at the gate John uh, Peter was denied Jesus John his his lifestyle was like this he was a son of thunder now this always makes me makes me laugh you know John who's who's described as the apostle the disciple that leaned on Jesus breast and and he's had all he's got his gospel is full of wonderful teaching that none of the other gospels uh, that not all of the other gospels have and then you've got the revelation so he's, he's so heavenly minded john and and uh, and you'd think oh he wouldn't say boo to a goose he, he's just got this intimacy with god and and yet just a few weeks or months beforehand john whose name was son of thunder with his brother john he was saying Jesus, call down fire on these people. You know, they don't repent and, and they're prophesying and they're not even on the ministry team. You know, what's going on here? And, and this is the John that's got to get over all his stuff too. You know, we can be sometimes be so afraid of ourselves and our failures that we can't go forward. And sometimes we can be so afraid that we got it so wrong, even though we look like we were the one with with only heavenly vision and never had anything to deal with in our life listen we've all got things to deal with in our life we've all got that place that we can find where we say holy spirit you come and change me from the inside out take away my old currency and replace it with the currency of the holy spirit okay we face reality at the gate we face the enemy at the gate, but we face opportunity at the gate. It's a place to take action. It's a place to overcome fears. And even though we know what we don't have or what we've chosen to leave behind, whether it's fear, whether it's insufficiency, whether it's lack, whether it's inferiority, whether it's emotions that are ungodly and we need to put, put behind us the anxiety and step forward in God. Listen, God is saying to us today, I've got beautiful a beautiful gate in front of you. Come through because what you're leaving behind, I'm pouring into your hand that when you come across those who need my touch, my power will be in your hand. And Peter and John extended their hands. They said, Look at us. Look up. Stop looking down at your situation. Look at us. This is what I haven't got. You know, I haven't got the things that you in your natural thinking think you need. But what I have got is a gift from Father God for you. I've got healing for you. I've got a new life for you. I've got a brand new way of living. You'll be able to go to places you could never get to. You'll be able to depend on me like you never could instead of depending on everybody else and depending on yourself there is this is time church to take action he is removing old structures so that he can build a new building so that he can replace old mindsets with a heavenly kingdom mindset he's taking the weakness into account he's saying leave it behind leave that at the cross, even like Peter and John, had to close the door on loss and on lack and on betrayal, on personal failure in order to move forward and take hold of the power of the Holy Spirit that was at work in their hands. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 9, Paul writes these words to Timothy. I mean, I just love this. And it's a really well-known verse. And he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and a spirit of love and a spirit of a sound mind. I know that God is taking away fear today. He's removing fear from your gate. You see, if you can't go through it, it's not beautiful for you. It's still got all the old attached to it, all the ugly attached to it, all the pain, all the past attached to it. But I just believe there's a hand coming down from heaven today, and it's lifting you up. And it's advancing you through the gate into your next season, into this year of the gate, which is open and full of opportunity for you. Obstacles are no longer looking like obstacles, but they're looking like opportunities. What you didn't have is being replaced with what heaven is pouring out to you. You know, I know there are people here this morning, and there's um, sickness, there's ill health, and I just want us to, um, I just want us to take a moment um, to just do what Peter and John did. Now, it doesn't say here that they roared. Okay, if maybe another time I can, I can teach you on roaring, just like the Holy Spirit's been teaching me. But I want us to, to. Um, allow that cry that prayer that passion for seeing God's kingdom on earth just like Peter and John extended their hand and saw the the lame man healed I want to encourage you today to again stand up with me come on stand to your feet there are sick people here and I want you to put your hand on what is sick whether it's uh, if, if it's more than one place just put your hand on your head but I know that there is sickness here and we are going to just like I've roared um, over these past weeks at fear in order to to get through the gate and and many things will have come up in your heart and in your mind as i've been talking but this morning i want to particularly go for sickness and then i'm going to go for fear but um if you've got illness or sickness in your life or you're with somebody that has or uh, somebody in your family and you just want to reach out i just want you to either put your hand up if it's for somebody else or or put your hand on that part of your body because we are going to roar at the enemy we're going to remove the enemy from the gate we're going to remove what is draw- what is drawing life out of us and we're going to replace it with this with heaven's resource supernatural healing kingdom of God healing. We're just going to release it, just like Peter and John reached out their hand and said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I give you. We have the power of the name of Jesus this morning, which heals every disease. Now, we're going to roar at disease and sickness. Are you ready with me after three? Are you ready? One, two, three... And again, let's see this broken. One, two, three. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are healing the sick. You are awaking passive spirits so that there's a new passion for you. I just want to roar at one more thing this morning. I, I just have to tell you a testimony. Somebody at the conference just a few weeks ago, um, she texted me and she said, I was in bed really sick and my mom roared over me for two hours. She texted me, she text me um, the other day and she said, I'm feeling much better. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Who's got fear which is blocking them going forward? Fear of failure, fear of not being recognized, fear of being recognized, fear to do with insufficiency and lack, fear to do with brokenness. There's, you know, the Bible is full of the words fear not. That tells me there's a lot of fear around. Every every time angels would say fear not. Listen, I'm telling you this morning, fear not. Fear not, fear not, because God has got for you what it takes to get you through the beautiful gate of God's purpose for you. We're just going to roar at that fear, and I'm going to ask the worship team in a moment also to to come. Let's, let's just roar with God. He's roaring over the weakness. He's roaring over the sickness. He's roaring over the fear. Our God is a lion and he's roaring over you. He's wanting to take you back and see you full and whole. Come on, after three, let's roar at fear. One, two, three. Roar! got one scripture I just have to read to you as I close here. And I want you to receive this as a prophetic word from me and from the Lord. For a long time, I have kept silent. I have been quiet and held myself back. But now like a woman in childbirth, I cry, I gasp, I pant. Because the Lord will march out like a champion, like a warrior. He will stir up his zeal. With a shout and a roar, he will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. Go on, roar!